Hello, welcome back to another episode of Crowdworkcast. My name is Andrew Barnett. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, this week's episode, I have a guest by the name of Sally Don. Now, I met Sally through comedy, but uh, that isn't her only uh, string to her bow. Uh, Sally has had many interesting jobs and we talk a little bit about that, but amongst the uh, things you could describe Sally as, as well as being a comedian, you could say she's an actress, uh, she's a journalist and she's a radio producer. And that last one actually came in uh, very, very handy for the recording of this interview because Sally was able to uh, reserve us some, uh, a little bit of studio time in at ABC Studios in, uh, in Sydney, in Sydney here. Um, and uh, where she where she produces radio, of course, and uh, we were able to uh, do this. Uh, it felt very professional, actually, being in the in the studio with Sally. She she drove the desk, as it were. Um, so you may notice the sound quality is a little more professional than other times. But uh, yeah, this was an interesting chat, and it was good fun. So uh, hopefully you'll enjoy it. So please enjoy episode eleven with Sally Don. All right, new episode. Hello, mate. What's your name? My name's Sally Don. Now, Sally Don, uh, thank you very much for doing the podcast because um, usually at this point, I, my first question is, and what do you do or something similar? <laughs> but um, that seems stupid given that we are actually recording this uh, in one of the places you do a bit of work. That's right. Um, you've managed to score us a sweet, uh, sweet bit of studio time at the ABC uh, Sydney Studios. It's one of the premium studios. Yeah, it is. It's uh, the desk. The whole desk went up and down when you were moving things around. That amazed me. I was very excited. Um, it's yeah. Usually, I record these in my little office at home, uh, Barnett Studios, as I call it. Excellent. And um, you'll occasionally hear a dog bark or uh, a truck go past, or my kids coming to interrupt. <laughs> um, but this this has the air of professionalism. So, what? How? Okay. Let's go back. How did you score us this sweet studio? Okay. Well. Um... Basic terms, I, I am a producer here and so I work here, you know, casually on and off, but, you know, on a fairly regular basis so I can just basically book a studio if it's not busy uh, for my needs. Hmm. Most of the time, I think. But how I, do you want to know how I started working here? Yeah. How did you get into uh, well, I radio? Was, I was, um, well, I did a master's of journalism at UTS and during that master's, I worked a lot at 2SCR, great community radio station, yeah. loved it, learned everything I know there about radio, nothing from the degree and um, <laughs> it's pretty standard. And then, um, you know, I did all this journalism thing. Anyway, I, I was, had worked for sort of five years at a paper or so after I finished and then I had this kind of, I don't know, midlife crisis at you know, 30, is that happen? Is that standard? 30? That's that midlife, that's an early. That's an early. For by today's, by yeah. today's life expectancy standards, you'd want to do better than 60. Yeah. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Unless you're like living hardcore. Yeah. Well, I was. I was a journalist, a young journalist. Um, but. Uh, I've seen The Wire. I know what you guys yeah, you know what to. I'm talking about. And, um, and then I, anyway, and then I just was like, can I swear? Yeah, go nuts. Fuck this. I'm out. Yep. And I decided that I was wanted... quicker than I thought it was going to come through. Just, <laughs> just quietly, you got me off guard. I had to say, um, and I had to, and I was like, you know, I'm going to go and try and do communications. I want to go work for an NGO, you know, change the world. So I went and started doing that. Worst decision. Well, 
it was one of the worst places I've ever worked. I won't name the place, but it was the most to- like toxic environment I've ever worked in. Really? Coming from News Limited, that says something. So wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what am I doing with my life? You started I, missing Rupert. Yeah, look, I was like, had the pangs, man. Um, anyway, and I was like, you know, I loved radio when I was studying. I really want to do that. And, um, and so I started making phone calls through my networks to get some work here. Oh, okay. I thought you meant just to practice talking into a microphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just call it's up like, people and go, Hi. I'm good when people can hear me but can't see me. I've got to work on this. <laughs> no, just ring in. Uh, yeah. So, afternoon section. You're on a phone call with You're Sally Don. You're on a phone Don. call with Sally Don. Uh, welcome to the phone call. Yeah. Um, just ring, give people the weather, the traffic. <laughs> yeah, hang oh, up. definitely. Ask them, you know, maybe tell them about a book that I've read. Um, yeah, so I just started hustling and I got here and just started getting shifts. But I also, at the same time, found out I was pregnant. So it was like, hmm, not doesn't look like I'm going to get like a f- permanent full-time role anytime soon. So I did that before Archie was born for about six months. And then I came back when he was about a year old and started doing shifts again. So what, what, is, what is the role of a producer here? Sadly, I heard someone say to me who worked here, who was a sad person, um, that it's like a glorified admin assistant, which is just bullshit. It's so much more than that. A producer is like... It's <sighs> got to be more than that because you just made a whole desk go up and down. <laughs> And by pressing this, a button, yeah, yeah, this is this is actually a little um, this is intimidating because you're in control of all the uh, <laughs> all the levels, everything. You're running the uh, running the desk, which usually is uh, just me running uh, running the little microphones on uh, my mixing board and a mm. um, and a, a garage band yeah. uh, on my on my computer. So usually I'm responsible for the sound quality. Yeah, so sorry I, if it's shit. No, the, <laughs> that's the thing. This is going to come out way better. Oh. Than I don't that, know. by contrast, and uh, yeah, sorry. So yes, yeah, you're yeah, definitely yeah. not glorified. Uh, no, so assistant. producing um, is basically you're like the ultimate multitasker, and I think that's frankly why a lot of women do it because. All right, we can go sexist. If <laughs> you want. No, women are great multitaskers. No, they are. yeah, definitely. Way like better. you know, I don't know about. I would just you know, we are very good at it. anyway. So it's like you know. Um, you so a run of a show like you get in for a show that say that's the drive time show. So yep. you'll get in at like ten. You'll read up on all the papers, listen to all the programs. You'll figure out what news is happening for the day, what's been covered, what needs to be covered, what needs to be looked into further. Then you'll have like an editorial meeting. You'll all discuss ideas. And then you've literally got like two to three hours to get the whole fucking show together. And so that's like calling ministers, calling talent, uh, writing scripts, thinking of questions, researching, lining everyone up to fit into these very specific times, like 3.35 to fucking 3.30. Um, and then on top of that, you've got to get all the sound clips, you know, intros, songs, get it all loaded up on the screen. And then you've literally got what well, in the ABC because there's so many back-to-back shows, you've got five minutes to get into the studio and set up the entire show, which is the presenter's studio, comms, everything, your comms studio, and you've got traffic, fucking weather, call, crazy fucking people calling up, giving you nasty tips. Crazy people calling up, giving nasty tips. This is the thing too is um, I got to say, I don't know that there's a real appreciation for how time managed yeah. radio is. Oh, fuck. Like even on a – even. Even on like you know um, ABC, where it's not as you know obviously they're not, you're not running into commercial, and so there's probably not no. the similar. You've probably got a little more um, 
leeway. Well, you've got news that comes in and crashes in. Yeah. Like 59 and 50 seconds because you've got a 10 second delay in case anyone does anything naughty on air so you can dump it. So you're looking, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. And so you, there's nothing you can do about that time. No. And <laughs> so if you've got some goose on the phone who's mm. been interviewed, who's rambling long. Yeah. And you're... Um, host is not yeah. uh, paying attention to the clock. You, yeah. As a producer, I'd imagine that gets fairly stressful. Hang up the phone, hang up. Like you're typing on the – there's a screen. We do a lot of typing. That's a big thing now. Back in the day, you wouldn't have had it. you just have someone in your ear the whole time, which would have been so frustrating yeah. as a presenter. You'd be like, fuck. Um, but, yeah, like get them off phone. We have to go to the news, have to go to the news. Or if it gets really dire, you will go into their ear and go, hang up now. But most of the presenters are very experienced and that's where their expertise comes in. Mm. You know, because they're really good at wrapping, wrapping them up. That's that's one of the things I started. I did. Uh, I do a little bit of um, audience warm up over at Fox yeah. Sports. Oh, cool! And one of the things I've realised and got an appreciation for, and I'd say it's the same in radio, is the way um, presenters are taking instructions from a director or a producer. At the same time, they're managing a conversation with people Isn't and trying to all? and trying to make it all look just like a natural conversation. And they've got yeah. someone in their ear or they're reading a screen or they're getting signals from a floor manager. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Well, because you know what it's like. You've been on the phone and you're trying to go to the toilet quietly. <laughs> <laughs> or you've been on the phone and you're actually no quietly typing in the background. Well, yeah. I often do that. And you often do that as a producer, pretending to have a really, I'm so here for you, babe, type, type. Oh, Facebook. Oh, cat video. You yeah. know what I mean? It's or, hard to oh sound my, genuine. Yeah, you're reading a news story. It's like, Brangelina? They're oh falling God. apart. Holy shit. Yeah. And it, it is, I find just even in normal conversations, I can get distracted by almost anything on the phone. <laughs> Pretty, much. <laughs> Pretty much. All the time. Yeah. Yeah, God, I do get distracted. I think I might actually have ADHD or ADD undiagnosed. Yeah, well. People have said that to me. Yeah, it's... um. It's as long as you're harnessing it in the right way. That's right. It's probably, it's probably, uh, probably all right. Yeah. So, do, do you enjoy the producing? Love it. I do. I love it. It's a great job. Um, it can be really stressful um, because, okay, for example, I remember one morning I was doing a breakfast shift, shift and the Boston bombings happened. And no, I don't remember them. <laughs> That's a fairly significant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Event. The marathon, the Boston ma- marathon yep. bomb. Yeah, and. Um, so that happened at sort of 4.30 in the morning, started at 5 and we had till 5.30 it's happened as I was coming into work and we had till 8.30 to get an entire show together with contacts, calling oh people God. in the States. Oh, like that's actually what I'm quite good at. I'm really good at pressure getting those contacts. I got some, ended up getting a, a Wall Street Journal journalist who had run the marathon and she had just come out, so I got her on air, which was pretty awesome. I mean, it's awful, it's sad, but you know what I mean. But from a journalistic point of view, it's yes. uh, that's not a bad get, as they say. No, it's not. In terms of just trying to get the the best. Um, now, Sally just now, <laughs> sorry. sorry because she dropped something uh, on the ground and it may have come up on the microphone, but what Sally doesn't realise, she obviously doesn't listen to the show. Um, <laughs> Because I did a whole episode um, with Andrew Paskin uh, where I got a little bit of feedback that at times he was barely audible. Oh, God. Yeah, he's, he hasn't got He the does have a sultry tone. He doesn't have the microphone discipline either when he gets excited. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, he was off mic. but um, <laughs> he was off uh, mic. Yeah, I'll blame him. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, go on. Do he's it. not listening. No, nah, he won't. He might. Love you, Andrew. Great work. Yeah. <laughs> 
Let's, we'll find out. Bring this up next time you see either <laughs> yeah. of us, Andrew. Anyway, um, so yes, yeah, sorry, uh, yeah. So that those pressure situations, I suppose that's, I don't know, like that's uh, that there's almost addictive sometimes that pressure. Yeah. Like, in terms of a working environment, totally. Like, that's better what than journal- clock watching. That's what it's definitely what journalism is, and that's why I think I was really drawn to it, um, because it is like you're on deadline. On print's quite different to radio, but it's still deadline driven, and you're still racing against the clock, and you're still racing to print. And the pressure is really high and yeah. you kind of do it and then you get it done and you get it in and you're like, yeah. Well, you never hear about the Daily Telegraph not being out one day because they missed a deadline. Like it just no. has to go out. Well, it and, just has to. And there's no gaps. No, they feel that with advertising or <laughs> or smear pieces on the greens. But um, yeah, easy. Uh, I know we're in the, F- <laughs> the ABC. You hear that lefty bias? Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, my God. If um, I had old people, I'd get them to call in right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alan Jones style. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Hi. I've just taken issue with everything. That's what yes. they're like. Yeah. I can't actually listen to those shows. Can you? No, I can't. I um, I, I get annoyed at the stuff they do have a go at people about, like mm. the, the – the the jocks and but then too like they let people go on and they quite clearly know the person said a few erroneous things yeah and they just chill ch- and look to a degree they're they're running a show that they're playing to an audience and they've got, they're on time yeah uh, constraints too like you can't always I suppose um, pull up every one of their lunatic callers on every no. stupid and thing also they say. like if someone if a talent drops out you've got to stretch a conversation yeah that also is the other side of that yeah yeah how, how does that go sometimes it's like, well, the expert, like the guys who are really good at it. So for example, Richard Glover, yep. if you're listening, which he won't be, but I work, oh, his, I, I work on his show and he is a master at, and James Valentine, they're really good at what, watching them if they've got like, oh shit, the talent's not come and we've got another five, 10 minutes. They're great at stretching out interviews. Richard Glover and um, James Valentine are both guys. I remember when I was uh like listening to or seeing around, I remember James Valentine used to do the show. afternoon show. I just loved that show. He was great. I know. He, um, yeah. So the, the, that's I like that that those guys and that you work with those guys. That must be awesome. Yeah, they're great. They're really really cool. Is it weird meeting people? You obviously, you know, you knew the afternoon show. You would have seen that as a kid, because well, yeah. And I think I may have told him that one. I mean, in fact, that's how I got in here through James. He was my contact through here. How did you meet James Valentine? I didn't, but he was really good friends with a really good friend of mine. And I said, said to her, and she sent him an email. Oh, I was so hoping <clears> you were going to say when you were, you know, 11, you were, you were head of the James Valentine fan club I for the know. afternoon show. I did go on the Big Square Eye, though. Do you remember that show? The Big Square Eye. Big Square Eye. Dun, 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 dun. Who's watching you? That's about all I remember. Big Square Eye. No, okay. No, <laughs> I have no recollection of this show. It was like pre or post vidiot. Okay. Yeah. It was one of those type of shows, like a game show where you had to like make pizza dough and every, like there were three people and you got judged and... And you went on the big... How did you... How did you is that your first uh, foray into media? <laughs> was that when you first got hooked? Uh, totally, my Totally. Um, no, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. God, no. I think I was a kid and I like applied through the website. <laughs> you know what I like about the way you answer? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a full range of emotions. <laughs> Nah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Nah, couldn't be. It's like it's like hearing someone have an argument with themselves. That's exactly what I oh, like don't in listen my to head. Her. She's talking about bullshit. I am not. 
You've actually. Oh, totally... she's got a point, you know, Sally. <laughs> you have nailed my psyche. Shit, right there. Oh my god. There was yeah. at least three different levels of sure. Like you, you had at least two. Two, you were very confident, but they were opposite answers. Yeah. And then you were. Then there was at least a couple of degrees of well, maybe Man. in the middle. Maybe I need to have more of these conversations on stage. Yeah. So you're also a stand-up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I want to get back to – we're going to get back to the journalism degree. We're yeah. going to get back to the um, to the newspaper stuff. But um, how did you get into stand-up? Because that's how we met. We met through stand-up. So <clears throat> had a baby and was like – and I don't know. Well, you've never had a baby, but <laughs> you have two kids. Yeah. And I think – well, maybe for women, but I, it's like – all of a sudden your entire world changes and your priorities change and your time changes. Like you have no time anymore. Yeah. And I was just like, here I have this beautiful thing and you want to be a better person. Mm. And I had already been jack of media for quite a while. Like I do love producing, don't get me wrong, but I would say media, like journalism is my second passion. Yep. And I had really been ignoring my first passion, which was acting, comedy, which I'd done for years beforehand. And it had all sort of been leading to that point. Anyway, I was, <laughs> Archie was three months old. It must have been the delirium or the hormones. And I thought, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to go do stand up like a fucking lunatic. I was still breastfeeding, by the way. So, on, I, <laughs> yeah. On stage, or did you put Archie uh, down for that? Oh, uh, it just depends on the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Some rooms are more you accepting know, than some others. Some, sometimes they're your people. Um, every now and then you get that, like, because you do every now and then you'll get the sexist audience. It's like, oh, bloody female comics yeah. always breastfeeding on stage. That's all they ever do. I'm actually really can't wait if I get pregnant again to do stand up pregnant. Oh, really? Oh, fuck. That's I just can you imagine the gold. Who did Ali Wong? Yeah, she's great. Yeah, did yeah. did a special yeah. pregnant. I think that's awesome. That's fantastic. Because I met some lady late recently and. She did stand up. I hadn't, hadn't known her, but she was like, oh, she was pregnant. She goes, oh, I just don't think it's really, you know, appropriate to get up there being pregnant. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, do it, girl. Get up there to with be the belly. To be honest, like, to me, that's not anything that I would have ever thought would, like, hold women back. Not that I've given any thought to it, to be honest. It's not something that I really... <laughs> Fair I, enough. Of my list of hypotheticals that I'll go over in my head before I fall asleep at night. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's not I, one of them. <laughs> uh, it's just a little further down <laughs> on the list. I haven't quite got there yet. But, um, I did, like, I can see how some women might feel like mm. it is. Like, that would have to be just a personal thing. I guess, it must be. But I, I guess I'd probably be like... The ultimate stage mum. Start them early. Get yeah, them look, and to be honest, be I think. Star, that, you're going to be a star. <laughs> talking, <laughs> talking to your fetus. Just playing all Actually, the. That could be funny. I could get up and just be stage mumming him. Yeah. Then Come on. Uh, I'm, my I'm belly. Sorry, usually it's much more active. Yeah. <laughs> just... Dance, dance, dance. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be an incredible piece that would either make people ve- laugh very hard or feel incredibly uncomfortable. I feel like you'd have a mix of the audience yeah. just finding it really funny and then just people just going, oh my God, I don't know awesome. what I'm supposed to Mostly do. Mostly 20-year-old boys would probably be feeling really uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I was um, I was talking to a couple of people recently and there's been a bit of chat around the Sydney comedy scene about um, uh, how, what could be done to make the scene more accessible or appealing to women. Yeah. Um, which, 
once again, I hadn't given like not that I hadn't given it any thought, but like I just uh, there's one of those. But it's not things. your it's not your jail experience, so yeah, you know, that's, and that's that's fair enough. Yeah, that's the thing, and I, and I it had never occurred to me that it wouldn't like I had. Don't get me wrong, I have been to some rooms. Okay, so he let me lay out my impression. Of lay the it out, lay it out, a, um, lay it out as a cisgendered white man. Nice. Um, you know, with all the disadvantages that encompasses. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, the, the hardest thing in comedy is just being another cisgendered white man. It's true. That's, the, that's where the most generic uh, form You've got a beard, is. though. Yeah, even that's become less um, less uh, special yeah. with all these hipsters around. Oh, so true. No, what I, no matter what I've tried to uh, do to point out to them that, um, look, when dads are wearing beards, yeah. you're not cool anymore. That's <laughs> true. But uh, <laughs> no, nope. uh, they're not listening. Nah. I think I'm being ironic. Oh, <laughs> um, right. But so my my impression of the scene is that the scene in general, like the the people in the scene, the people that run most of the rooms, are um, whether their their intention is to be supportive of women, they're not particularly, um, they're, they're not. Uh, yeah, they're they're not um, anti women being in comedy. A lot of them are very pro women and are keen to to do whatever they can to help. Yep. Um, and I'm thinking there of like you know most of the the more established rooms like you know, like uh, Reese Jones at the Comedy Lounge um, tries to. Uh, oh, this is my impersonation. My impression is they they seem to have um, you know they'll, yeah. they'll have quite a few women on. Yep. Um, same thing at uh, Mike in Hand. Yes. All those they're generally supportive environments, so I don't know that they're making. Like you know what I mean? It's it's nothing. They don't make a big deal out of oh, let's no. have heaps more women. No, and Mike and Hand is generally... great because it just has a female comic night and doesn't make it a ladies' night. Yes, it's just these are a list of comics. They all happen to be female. Yeah, and yeah. then and that, I think that's one of the things they do. And that's a generally supportive room of everyone in comedy. Yeah. So, um, but I have been to some of the sign up nights where, and it's not. Um, I got to say, it's it's. Sad because it's not uh, the it's not really reflective of the general scene, but there are some guys that you see get up these open mic guys, and um, they sort of use it as a bit of a, an excuse to vent mm. whatever their misogyny, person, yeah, whatever personal issues they have, yeah. Um, which is hard because you want those sign up nights in one sense to be open to everyone to talk about whatever they want. One yeah. of the, one of the great things about stand up is it is a it is a forum for free speech, yeah, but. Uh, at the same time, I can see how, unfortunately, too, now with the way the scene is, that is the entry point to comedy for a lot of people. Yeah. And see, that's where that that's where I think that's most prevalent is at that level of the scene. Yeah. Which is probably the hardest thing because it's that that makes it hard for then new um, female comics to come into the scene if they if they're coming up against that sort of attitude and feel that that's you know excluded. That's right. Now I've got to point out. Yeah. Not reflective of even that those sign up rooms. That's, yeah. Ninety nine percent of the comics, yeah, no dramas, yeah. It's just that's where you get the occasional lunatic. Yeah, it's it's not even it's look it's not even if you want me to jump in here. I no, 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 please now. That's my that's cue. my thing. But I, I now I have no idea how valid that is because once again I hadn't really thought too much about it. So look, I it's really hard to have this conversation because um, I hate women. <laughs> Andrew's a massive misogynist. Mm. It's just he's actually wearing a shirt that says "Hate the bitches." Um, yeah. No, he's not. Unless they're in the kitchen, <laughs> you the know kitchen. what I mean. You know what I mean. It's a lot of writing on one shirt, but uh... <laughs> you've got the back as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> I've got to really take time for people to take it in. 
<laughs> just walk around him, with a mirror. I don't want them thinking I just you. hate the bitches. I need yeah. them to know, oh, look, I'm cool with cool them if they're in the kitchen. Kitchen yeah. or, you know, bending over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or preferably both. Both. Yeah. Fucking work and at who the same I, time. Who am I to tell them how to do their business in the kitchen? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah. Please know that that's just jokes. That's a joke. <laughs> I'm so scared these days. No, I'm going to no. say the wrong thing. He's fine. Um, look, it's really hard, you know. Um, I think one of the big reasons why women feel marginalised in comedy is because there's just less of us, less of us in it. Yeah. And I think... Um, and that is hopefully changing. And when people say, like, even my own fucking dad says, I just don't think women are funny, which, like, you know, obviously started a massive argument at Christmas. That was fun. <laughs> um, anyway, fuck you. Um, but I think, um, and the reason why people would probably say that is A, you know, underlining misogyny in our culture and that's changing, but also just there are less women doing it. And because mm. there are less numbers, there's going to be less people who are funny and less people who are as experienced and it's going to take women longer to – do you know what I mean? Well, this is the Like thing. there's more men. So, of course, out of 100 guys, you know, 60 are going to be shit and 40 will be good and 20 will be great. Do you know what I mean? And out of – but there are only going to be 50 women and so there's going to be less. Yeah. Well, or I people think, who are less experienced. I think the percentage-wise of good comic, bad comic – general is exactly the same in men and women. Exactly. However, when there's less women in Do the we, general scene. That's right. Then then, then that naturally means that yeah. yeah. But that said, and I and I do think I take the point like the like you said there's less women and I think to that means that in a lot of times there's less experienced women. So it means sometimes they get pushed up. Yeah, they get yeah. pushed up into sometimes situations that you know that are probably um the comedy's hard because yeah. you, you you can't you you always think you're ready for a gig. Yeah. And I've um, been there. I've done that. I'm not. still I'm still grappling yeah. with that. Yeah. And so and so sometimes and it, it is the great shame. You just yeah. see someone get get maybe a, an opportunity or put in a situation where there's a little more expected of them than their yeah. experience level. Yeah. And And you know what? That's the opportunity. For some people, sometimes you get to step up. And yeah. that's awesome. But that's like anyone. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um like yeah, like recently you know, I got to do Julie Lawless got me to do two twenty minute sets at Manly and Oatley, nice. and that's a that's the next big step for me, really. Yeah, and they're good length, and it, length support sets, and it was great. And I was shitting myself, right? And but, you know what? They're hard rooms at times. Yeah, oh, like they can, be, yeah. Um, they can be. Yeah, they can be. Matt the head was like, "Where are the people at oh, the back? Yeah. The light is so bright in my eyes, I can't see anyone." But it was great. You know what I mean? But I've had times when. I've been pushed to do a room, like you know, I want to, and I've pushed myself forward for it. Maybe it wasn't quite ready. Yeah, well, I, I think that's a very common experience. I just think that sometimes um, that pressure, because there are less women, that mm. pressure to dispel dispel the myth, yes, that women aren't funny, lies yeah. a bit heavier. Yeah, because no one, if I go up and I bomb, mm. no one's going, "Geez." White guys with beards. No, they don't. But they just say, yeah, God, of course, she's a woman. And you feel it. And you feel it when you go up on stage. I have to be honest. Sometimes you walk up and you can just sense the shift. Yeah, which is. In an audience. If if you're, you know, especially a night you're the only one on the bill, Mm. then then that does, you know, I can see how you'd feel that pressure. And there are. I mean, the trouble is there's there's ignorant people out there. Yeah. And that, I think that's just, Mm. unfortunately, that's going to change Hopefully. slowly over time. Like that's just yeah. community attitudes. I think most comedy savvy audiences, like guys that go, people that go to comedy all the time. Yeah. 
um, that view is sort of very archaic. Yeah, it's not even an issue. Mm. And what you were saying about the open mic stuff, I also think, you know, it's a lot of guys there and you're and, and as an open micer, late, different later when you're trying using it as, an, as time to try out your new stuff, mm. it's very nerve-wracking. It's fucking terrifying. And when you're like the only female in the room and every single guy before you has made a dick joke or a fucking joke about masturbating into their sheets or their fucking how like annoying their girlfriend is. This, um, and this... you're like, fuck, okay, shit, no one's really – and I'm also a mother, right? So you're going to talk about my experience. Yeah. No one's going to be fucking interested in like – it's very hard. Do not – um. see, this, this is a thing too, just because, I mean, you know, my material, I talk a bit about my kids yeah. uh, and talk about just basically whatever's going on in my life, which as someone with kids and looking after the family and that sort of stuff – that comes up a lot. You yeah. just talk about what's in your life. That's right, because it's genuine. Yeah I, yeah. I just know when I'm at those, um, in that same situation, whilst I'm not intimidated in the, yeah. in the I don't find it intimidating. I don't feel, and I, you, I you can get over be that. dismissive yeah. of them and that. Um, but I do, I, I'll often be in one of those rooms and go, ah, oh, these guys are laughing at that stuff. They're not going to be interested. They're not going to get this stuff because but, they're at a different stage of life. But then too, I, I find... Often when I think an audience isn't going to be into my stuff, yeah, then you go, oh, I Actually, misjudge them. That's right. Yeah. So I think I just I yeah, and I've got to be honest, I I haven't thought heaps about um heaps about like you know the 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 differences in men and women in comedy, mostly because I when I when I approach comedians, to me it's just they're yeah, you know, comedians are comedian. That's right. They're an act. They're either good or they're not. Yeah. Um, especially when they're starting out, and you yeah. go, "Oh, oh, see, that person's got something," you know, yeah. and they're going to start out. So that doesn't occur to me. That um, and yeah, it's, it's it's been interesting to hear the discussion over yeah. time, and I've been interested in getting some views from some of my um some of my female comic mates yeah. on that stuff because it it does like I I think you know there's some like in terms of structural stuff I find that. In general, the comedy community is really supportive yeah. of people, and um, generally the attitude, attitudes are much more progressive, probably than a lot of other areas of society. Yeah. So I'd hate my my real worry would be I'd hate for anyone who's going to these open mic rooms trying to get into comedy and sees that and think yeah. it's reflective of the the entire industry. Yeah. Because well, I, you'd I, hope so. I mean, I yeah. I mean, I, I think I've starting to do more of the you know. Like high gigs, I guess you know, um, you know everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's really respectful of each other. Yeah, I would say most of the time. Sometimes there's still a bit of boy clubbiness, but maybe that's just because they're mates. Yeah, I find that like hard. I don't know if that's. I find that hard to um to know whether because I've had people say, oh, you know, that's you know a bit of a boys' club at places I've been associated. Not so much in comedy, but things I've been associated yeah. with in the past. And I never really considered it boys. I was just, it was just guys, uh, we were talking. Yeah. And it wasn't that we were, um, you you know, it's not that you were looking to exclude anyone. You wouldn't even realize that maybe you were f- like making people feel excluded. Like yeah. it was just the natural thing. Like you said, like it was just, you were talking to mates and, mm. and I suppose when you know people better than others, you yeah. do develop a shorthand and a, yeah. you know, you do have your in jokes and all that sort of stuff. So it's a, it's an interesting topic. I don't think we're going to solve it. No. Um, but yeah. But I think you know if you look at if you look around industries elsewhere, and I, sadly it's still pretty shit house for women. Well, and mothers trying to work. I'd say 
in a lot of industries, but they're getting there. And and I think like if you look at, say, the corporate world, you know, they still won't have a quota for women on boards. So CEOs and there's no quota now. These companies, like these big companies like KPMG and all this stuff, say they have targets for Mm. having, you know, a specific amount of women on a board. Um, And I can see both sides of that argument, but I think, you know, ultimately – if you want to have more women involved, you're going to have to make some of it mandatory. It's the same as having Indigenous people in media, in employment. You've somehow, you've got to sort of make it maybe mandatory until the mentality really shifts and it just mm. becomes an innate thing. Like, I don't know, maybe it's got to be like, there's got to be, I mean, it's so hard to say there's oh, got to be two chicks on a lineup, like, or three chicks a night. Like, just as there might not be that many chicks available. That, and that's the thing too, is like my my thing is there seems to be um the, the yeah, whether whether or not it it interests me that there seems to be less women who come down and try it. Yeah. What that obstacle is, I don't know. Whether that is um I just want anyone who wants to be able to try it. Yeah. To be able to try to do comedy. Yeah. So whether that means that we still only have, you know, less women because mm. just it turns out less women are interested in doing it. Mm. If that if that's the case, then I'm perfectly happy with – I mean, I don't need to see equal numbers in every yeah, aspect yeah. of the world because I, I do think that um, at times people are attracted to different things and yeah. I don't know if that's the case with comedy because, like, there's probably not enough data to say one way or the other no. whether it's structural stuff or whether yeah. it's um, – whether it's just a, a thing that, yeah. that that turns out to be. And I dare say, you know, if you looked, it'd probably be different different places even. So yeah. um I just want I just want to get to the point where it doesn't matter yeah. whether you whether we have And that's why know, I get why some people don't even like some women female comics don't even want to talk about it because they're like, I don't want to make an issue of it because I don't want it to be an issue. And I get that. Because mm. I can see the logic behind that. Unfortunately I don't think that's the way it works. Yeah. And look, and I'm, I'm not like I actually found out recently that, um, and I won't name uh, name names or anything, but a, a very very good female comic uh, friend of both of ours um, was excluded from a gig out in a in a rural area because the venue owner just went, ah, oh, I'm not going to have a uh, a female Fuck in my off. venue. And really, yeah, and I was flabbergasted I mean- for two reasons. One. Um, she's an amazing comic and yeah. has racked up some, no, no racked up person. some, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, does this cough button work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fart yeah, button. she's racked up some, uh, some great credits and, you And know. they didn't, well, that speaks to, you know, some of the broader Australian population. Well, it just, yeah, I don't know. It just speaks to an idiot. I mean, those gigs out there are... Yeah, that too. I oh, just sh- <laughs> I just showed the really? name across the desk. Really? That's insane. Yeah. And I the, the only reason I'm not saying the name on the podcast yeah. is I don't know if, if she's been be, talking about if that. she's been talking about it or she'd be comfortable with me talking yeah, about fair it. Fair enough. So, um yeah, we can do it in the abstract at this point. Yeah. But yeah, that's um that's something that I when she when she told me that, I was just absolutely flabbergasted. Um partly because if I was a punter, I would be spewing yeah. that she was excluded because she's she's an act I love watching. She's so, so funny. Yes. And she would speak to that audience yeah, really well. Exactly. Were they worried that, you know, they should get heckled and stuff maybe? Well, I, I suggest that maybe if you just move it into the ladies' bar and don't have it in the public bar. Yeah. The ladies' lounge. <laughs> ladies' lounge. Okay, I, and, and look, this is important to remember too that mm. you are dealing with, um, you know, it, it isn't that long ago. That no. 
pubs were yeah. uh, were separated. Look at my dad, he's an educated, like left leaning man, and he doesn't think women are funny. Yeah, uh, he probably just doesn't have a great sense of humour. I don't so know. That's probably what it is, actually. Yeah. I, <laughs> oh my god, he'll die if he's listening to this. But you know what I mean? Yeah. So I just don't think he's actually watched enough females. Yeah, and that's probably it. Like, and yeah. that's the thing too is. That's unfortunately the impression some people take away is they um, they go to a comedy night. They don't see much comedy. They go to a comedy night. Mm. They happen to see a female comic who they don't like. Mm. And then because they were the, the female comic on the night yeah. or, you know, there was two female comics and they weren't, you know, they yeah. just went, oh, they're not really to my taste. No. They just, oh, I don't like female comics. Well, you know, don't you or don't you like those two people. people? Yeah. I mean, and that's what I love about like... Was it Amy Schumer who said it or someone like that or Chelsea Handler and was like, someone said, oh, maybe it was, actually, I think it was me that said it. <laughs> <laughs> I've just put it myself in that league. Yeah. Check it out. I've just put myself there. One of the greats anyway. Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> actually, it was me having a conversation about Amy Schumer. That's right. Okay. Yes. And this guy said to me, lovely guy, and he goes, oh, you know, I just don't think she's funny. Like, I'm just not, you know, and I said, and he goes, you know, I'm just not sure she's, you know, she's a female, like tried to, on the female, fake, as I come. He said, yeah, but she, you're not her audience. It doesn't matter if you don't think it's funny because it's not for you. That's that's what people, this is the big thing with comedy too, yeah. is people assume that they're the arbiter of funny because it's it, it's so subjective. Yeah, it is. Like I, th- there's so much stuff, like there's guys that you see work and I can, I can get, this isn't for me, no. but I can see why it's, it's funny. I can see how yeah. it works and I appreciate it. Like the, I love Bill Bailey, yeah. but he is kooky as fuck and he is not everyone's bag. Yes. You know what I mean? So, but look, you know, you've got enough of an audience, a niche audience and they're your fans. Yeah. And that's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, anyway. it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting, uh, interesting sort of thing just in general with comedy is that, that you do really, the audience feel sometimes very, very entitled to to judge. Mm. And I don't want to say they're not, but mm, I think in general, you know, instead of saying like, yeah, I, and look, as comics, we fall into the trap. Mm. Like people, you, you know, the amount of times you've heard comics talking about things where they're like, oh, I don't get that person. Yeah. Like, yeah, but maybe you're not supposed to. So maybe that, you're not supposed it's to. Maybe not you're not their crowd. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's fine. And as long as they're making people laugh, who cares? That's exactly right. And look, and even if they're not making and you know people what? laugh. They're, they're getting, getting up there. Yeah. What are you fucking doing sitting in your seat, you fat prick? Sorry, not you. <laughs> Someone else. An imaginary person. Just There's have it on the record that I'm standing. <laughs> um. But I often, like, and that's what's gotten me through when it's been really hard. I just kind of have said to myself, fuck it. I'm doing it. You're not. Yeah. And I'll get better. Yeah. You that's know? the thing. That's the thing. I can too, only is, get better. Like you bomb, you can only hopefully. You think you you think you do a do you tape your sets? Sometimes, not really. I really okay. hate it, but I'm going to start doing it more often. What What I'd say to you is, I I do this. Um, put your just put your phone on the general record or whatever it is. Yeah. App, and just have it in your pocket. And every time you think you've had a bad set, listen to one from way earlier. And you realize, okay, I'm not much worse. Like that, that was no worse than one I was really happy with 12 months ago. That's right. And, and you, you yeah. realize you're improving and sometimes it is weird stuff. And the other thing to do, uh, the other the reason I like doing that is I don't listen back to them much anyway. Mm. But if I have a set that goes really well yes, or a set that goes really badly yeah, and it's, um, and it's not done that 
either way before, yeah. I will listen to to two different versions of the set to try and find out what the difference was. That's either so, what that's made it go bad idea. or what made it really good. Because I'll often come up with jokes too. Like I can, because I guess my background's improvising. I'll just come up with stuff. Yeah, there too, and that'll be you really funny. And, and you, you want to you want to keep it. Yeah, I really should start doing that. Oh yes, thank yeah. you, Andrew. It's it's hard to listen to them, and I know. But, and don't tell yourself you're actually going to listen to any of them. Yeah, you li- you do it for the outliers. Yes, and to and to listen back, and sometimes too, I'll just on my way to a gig where I'm going. Oh man, I don't do I do comedy? You know, they have those nights where you're yes. on the way and you're like, do I even do comedy? Like, like oh my am god, I even what am I even doing? I've sobbed before a gig. Oh really? Like I think I had my period, but um, <laughs> I'd had a really bad bloody day. women comics, eh? Always. Oh, I'm talking about their fucking tampons. <laughs> It does affect. I was really emotional. I was really exhausted. I'd had a couple of a string of shit gigs, and I was like, "I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can do this." And my husband's just looking at me, going, "I don't know how to fix this." Now I um I don't have periods, but I've had that feeling on the way to yeah. gigs. Like, what? what I've, I I don't do comedy. I'm not funny. You know, you're just not feeling funny. And so then yeah. I'll sometimes then I'll listen to a set that I've done that was good oh, and good remember idea. my jokes and go, yeah. "Oh, yeah, actually, no, I can." That's do it. really good idea. Makes you a little bit enthusiastic. Ah. For it. Um, now back to the just, Sorry, just you touched back. on something quickly on the the women always talking about their periods. Mm. Can I say mm. I did a jo- oh, I had a joke I forget what I did I ve- briefly I did a joke that touched on um, periods too. But nice if that was <laughs> now I'm going to say this in defence of female comics that talk about their periods. Yeah. I know not every audience is into it. They don't like that sort of stuff. No, but if that was something that happened to me as a man. You would never fucking stop me you talking about it. You would never stop talking about it. You fucking weak, weak men. People would be like, how are you doing? So like, you wouldn't believe what my dick's doing right now. <laughs> it's true. You yeah. should, that's a joke. How are you doing that? No, um, not, but yeah, I would. Or I, birth. Like, oh, fuck fucking off. Up. Like, that's it. My husband brings up anything. From <sighs> now on. If men gave birth. You know what? Anything. I trump everything. You know, if men gave birth, you know what it would be? Like, if, if I had to give birth to our kids, everyone that visited in the first few days would be like, <laughs> fuck, do you see the size of the scone on that thing? <laughs> fuck. Straight out, mate. Straight, Straight out. <laughs> no, <Nailed it. Nailed> it. <laughs> Doctor said bestie soon. <laughs> and I know I know that I'm like, this guy, like, I... I I've been. I went one time. My my brother and I um, were both giving blood at the. There was a blood. Uh, the blood van had pulled up near where he lived. Yeah. And uh, we both just happened to, by chance, happen to have appointments next to each other. So we're both mm. in the chairs next to each other, and we were racing to see who could fill the blood bag. Oh like my we God. got competitive over they're that. So, you imagine so if I was, if we were giving birth, me and him would get like, I'd be like, what's that? Eight hours, pussy. Um, yeah. Or you would probably be completely soul destroyed and be like, oh, babe. Oh, no, no, okay? no. Internally. Oh, internally. So, competitive. Soul destroyed. But outside, yeah. out, outwardly. Men have got to be compare. like, fucking nailed it. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I think women do get a bit competitive with some, like, there's some fucking crazy bitches out there. Oh, yeah. Who are like, Birth was just this like orgasmic experience where I just like, oh my God, I can't wait to give birth again. Fuck off. No, that's what people say. Like people say, oh, it's the most natural thing in the world. Yes, I get that on a scientific level, it's perfectly natural. Yes. To watch. No. Fuck no. It's like nothing I've ever seen. It's <laughs> fucking maybe when we were farmers and stuff, it was yeah. not that. Watching the cows of, come out. Yeah. Oh, it's just another. But even then, like, yeah. fuck. No, it's, it's different. brutal. And women's bodies aren't really, mate. Like, they're not great for the exit strategy. Well, they do the job. I mean, they do. Well, my, yeah. But yeah, well, that's another conversation. <laughs> yeah. <job. laughs> 
That's a bit, no, that's a bit almost, personal. Almost answered a question that wasn't asked. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! All right, let's get let's go back to so journalism degree. Yeah. Is, was that straight out of high school or what, how, no, how did no. this all work? So it's it's amazing. People look at me and wonder that I'm not a lot older. No, because you are very them, you're very uh, young looking. Twenty one looking. Yeah, you you would I I would have put you because I think I met you on like knew pretty early. I think I watched your first time we met. I probably saw you perform and you were talking about having a baby. Oh, so I went, was I? okay, God, she's, that's it. She's not older than. Uh, She's not, um, yeah. you know, early 20s, but I was like, okay, this is a, this is obviously a young mum. Yeah. And well, then having talked to you about since, about more and more experience, <laughs> I'm just doing the maths. I'm like, she's either like well kept. one of those, she's either one of those <laughs> super uh, like prodigy type people who finished high school yes. at 12 or yes. <laughs> or she's, uh, <laughs> she's looked after herself. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't really looked after myself. Uh, I think it's just genetics. And then I'm going to get Botox and we'll be fine. <laughs> Um, Don't get Botox. Aren't you an actress? Yeah. And well, you I, want your face to be able to move. Yeah, but not that much. But not. Do you know? <laughs> do you know? Like, I reckon there is probably ten percent less of like big um, name stars in TV and film that wouldn't have any work done. The oh, rest, really? Are you that few? That few. Wow. It's mental. Yeah. I'm gonna get my boobs done after I have another kid too. Really? Or my husband's just like, don't do it. I'm like, it's, if you're not, hello. is he talking about the kid or the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the kids? You know, he's trying to pretend support. He's trying to be yeah. nice, but no. he, I know he loves some great new titties. Yeah. <laughs> See, look at him. Yeah. No, got... I, this is another thing. The women are much more obsessed with they are. the way they look than guys are. We just fucking. They don't <laughs> care. It's got a nipple yeah, on it. It's got it. a nipple touching it. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Yeah, exactly. We're just happy to be along. <laughs> You're just happy to be there. It's so true. <laughs> <laughs> don't. Don't. Assume. This is the thing when women like, um, and I, I, I did a bit about this in, in a show I did about, like, my wife will still get, like, you know, a bit shy when mm. she's, like, if she's not feeling good about herself, when she's getting changed in front of me. Oh, really? Like, she'll, like no, she'll, like, yeah, because no, you'll catch me. And she'll go, oh, my God. And just oh, my God. Yeah, don't look she's at me. Not, so, oh, I'm fat at the moment or something like yeah. that, right? I'm feeling fat today. Yeah. And then <laughs> women don't, like, I don't know if you assume that we're comparing you to every other naked woman we've ever seen. We're yeah. definitely not. No, I know. Um, we're just like, because you live yeah. in the present. Yeah, it's all about boobs. Yeah, there. there's boobs right I there. I mean, to to my husband's defence, the only person I know he's com- he would be comparing me to is the person he has his like Hollywood crush on. I don't really have to worry about that too much because it's Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. <laughs> it's fucking weird. Maybe he wants you to just go full go sag. full old sag. Yeah, she's got like... great tits though. She's never had a kid, and she's had work done. And she looks amazing. But I do have has this she, grey wig. Is she on wig. the record as having work done or have I just you can tell, become involved oh, see, in a legal thing on my podcast? You can't see it. You can. She's had a face. She's had a facelift for sure. Yeah. I, Allegedly, I she's had a facelift. There you go. We got around it. Beautiful. <laughs> I'll get the legal department on the wording. Allegedly. What are we talking about? Journalism. Journalism. Yes, no, no. So, so before that, right. So I did acting. Yep. So I did acting, acting, acting was my big thing and singing and all that. And then I... Went and did a BA in theatre in Queensland. Nice. So you were looking like this is, I need something to fall back on, a Bachelor of Arts in (laughs) theatre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't like it like a really smart person would go and get a fucking plumber's apprenticeship, which I wish I'd done. Um, I I don't know that I can see you as a plumber, to be honest. Fucking, I'd be a great fucking plumber. What are you talking about? 
Yeah. No, Sparky? Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Sparky? Yeah, maybe. No, I wouldn't want to. You get electrocuted. Actually, I can't. I wouldn't want to touch other people's shit. Let's be honest. Yeah, plumbing. Mechanic. Plumbing. Mechanic. Crazy. Mechanic, yeah. I could have been I a great see, mechanic. You could see you sliding out on one of those crawlers and <laughs> just with a... Hey, how you doing? Rag. How you doing, fellas? No, for you, because I like you, I'll give it to you for 250 no, How about that? Two fifty. Yeah. I don't even know what it is. I'm on it. board. This sounds like a bargain. Giving you it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I did acting, and I had like one of the best times of my life doing so much heaps of theatre and acting and cabaret. I had this great cabaret character called Ruby Bedazzle a lot, and did lots of shows. And then I was all set to come. I just come back to Sydney. Had an agent lined up, and I got back down to Sydney, and with three hundred bucks in my wallet and a guitar and sleeping on the back room oh my, of a this friend's is like house. the start of a uh it's like the start of a bon jovi song <laughs> yeah We're living on the back street uh. um yeah i was on a living on a living on a prayer Whoa! yeah uh and then it just sort of the rails started falling off it you know, I think I was really insecure. Um, what? An actress who's insecure. I was also a bigger girl back then and I was meeting agents who were saying things to me. Like, and back then it was very... Blunt? Uh, very like skinny blonde girls Yeah, was what they were after. And I certainly wasn't oh, not that. not like now. Not like now. Oh. Yeah. No, but I just, you know, being that young and not having the confidence to just go, well, fuck you. I, you know, so there's... You know, looking me up and down going, well, my actors' bodies are their temples. What do you do? You know, it was awful. Oh, wow. And so I was, yeah. So I just was like, fuck this. So I worked in a pub for a year and a shop and but I made, and then I ended up working in this pub and then I was like, what am I doing? Anyway, I started reading the paper every day um, because one of the things I hated about acting the world was that all the egos and everyone was so insular and no one looked at the world around them and it was all just like, what Chekhov play have you read this week? And I'm like, I don't fucking care. How about yeah. that? And so oh. anyway, so then I went and I just applied to do a master's of journalism. Oh, nice. And so I did that. And then as, as I was doing that, worked hard, worked at the financial review and just hassled, hassled, started getting writing. And then I got a job very lucky just through connections, literally walking along the street, someone said to me, oh, hey, we're looking for people at the Australian in this section, you know, you should apply. And I did. Oh, wow. So, that's, so what, what so, section were you working in there? So I started, weirdly enough, in business, which is just... I was going to say, out of the Fin Review. Yeah, well, I was copy kid there and I was writing, I started trying to get stories written, wrote like the first story I ever had to write for Financial Review hysterical was on cfds contracts for difference do you know anything about that nothing i knew nothing look i know a lot about it but um you know (laughs) probably there's people some people in my audience that won't if you want to explain what i still don't know what it is (laughs) but but i had to write this article on it and i was the night before deadline and the lovely editor had given me a week it was that before deadline and i thought i don't know what to do so i went and bought a bottle of wine and (laughs) (laughs) as all good nature's solution Anyway, I was, as I do, talk too much. And I spoke to the guy behind the bottle, the bot selling me this bottle. I said, Oh, fuck. He's like, What are you doing? I was like, Fuck, I've got to write this fucking story. And he goes, Oh, well, I know a bit about that. I was like, Oh, really? How? And he goes, Well, I just quit my job last week as a stockbroker. Would you like some help? Is that how you met Andrew Wolf? <laughs> 
I know, right? That would be the most be the or- amazing origin story ever. I know. No, just this guy who was weird and then tried to take me on a date at God. I was going to say, um, <laughs> now here's, here's one observation I'll make. Had I said to him, yeah. uh, oh, I'm going to write this thing, you would have just gone, oh, sucks to be you. It's <laughs> true. That's true. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's uh, it swings and roundabouts in some parts of the world, but yeah. <laughs> and, so that's it, yeah. So I end up in the business section as a producer for online. Oh, wow. Close, close, totally, totally didn't fit there. Um, also cause I was working for a dude who was fucking on the scale. I think looking back in hindsight, he was actually a really nice person. Um, but I just didn't understand. We just didn't click. Yeah. Anyway. And then I went to news and events, which was awesome. And then got to start reporting, which was great and hard. And you get swore at every day and told you fucked and what the fuck is this and write it again, get out, shut up, move on. And then I got on to do... Because of my background, I ended up starting to write on the arts desk, writing arts features and arts news. Oh, lovely. Well, it was, but the heartbreaking thing was that I was like, I'm writing it, but like I got to interview, you know, people like John Cleese, Martin Short, Alan Ball, like amazing people. And there's some video footage of it out there if you really feel like wasting your life Googling it. But um, I'm interviewing all these amazing artists and creatives and thinking, fuck, man. I want to be them. I don't want to be writing about them. It's just killing me. But it brings me to where I am today. Yeah, look, and it strikes me that you are uh, the the fact that your first foray into journalism was something you were so unfamiliar with probably mm. speaks to the fact that um, you strike me as someone who's probably got a, a healthy amount of curiosity yeah. for things and an ability <laughs> to, to just throw yourself into a situation, Yeah, um, which is... Um, Look, that's going to get you pretty much. I think that's one of the most undervalued skills people yeah. have. It's just being able to to go. Okay, well, let's dig in and you know, yeah, and w- sink or swim. I, I need to learn about this then. Yeah, yeah. If you don't know, like it's it's not the not the looking at a situation like because there are people that would have gone. Oh, look, I don't know anything about um, CFDs. No, so there's no solution to this. So yeah, you know. no. I was like, yeah, I'll write that. Yeah. And that's the, that's an admirable quality. <laughs> sort of stupid. <laughs> uh, man, that's helpful in comedy. <laughs> yeah, true. Many situations where you're walking into and just going, I have no idea if no this is going to work. No idea. I think that's probably part of the thrill and the terrifying and the awesome part of it. Because when you pull it off, yeah. you're like, oh, fuck, I can fucking do anything. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There is that invincible feeling that, it comes, that comes with it. So. Yeah. So then you're at the newspaper. How long were you working? Five years or so I was at the Oz. Wow. That's yeah. A good stint. And yeah. working out of Sydney? Yes. Nice. Very lucky. Very lucky. I fucking probably didn't work as hard as I should have as a young person, but very lucky. Very lucky. Yeah. yeah. Probably a, a combination of luck and... Uh, hustle. Yeah, hustle. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Bullshit. A, I, that's the one thing I wish I had more of in comedy. Like I yeah. see people... Out there, and I, you just look at the the people that have that hustle and work hard and just create their opportunities, mm. and that to me is like you know that that is a skill I wish I had more of. I'm not very good at the yeah. the networking or the hustling or the. Well, it's hard because I think it's coupled with in, like for me in stand up, I want to hustle more, but I don't think I'm good enough. So it's like I don't think like fuck as if they're going to want to put me on, but I've got to stop doing it. Because yeah. people do and they exactly. get gigs and we're probably the same level of experience. And the only way I'm going to get better is by doing it more. That's And that, that is the, 
that's the key too. There's no, uh, there really isn't any substitute for just time on yeah, a stage. I know. You know. Fuck. Yeah. So. I've really got to write some more material. Got anything? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll listen back, see if there's anything we can pull out of yeah, this. Yeah, thanks. That'd be great. There's, um, but, so um, you're at the Oz and then, then yeah. the the 30-year-old midlife crisis happened yeah, when you decided you're not living past 60. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you know. Um, short time, good time. Um, yeah. And then I went to that NGO that we won't speak of, which does some really great work. They're just internally fucked. And I really actually could have taken them to court for bullying, but I didn't. Oh, really? Yeah. It was bad. And then, um. Yeah. I don't know if you want to be the person I just that couldn't, sues I was the charity. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I was more like, I'm pregnant. <laughs> hard, <laughs> hard to come off looking good out of that one. So true. Oh. Um, oh God, thank God I didn't do that then. I was, I just couldn't be bothered. I was pregnant. I was like, not nah, too hard. Yeah. Then, then yeah. Act, and then, uh, ABC and then started doing stand up. And then I think what I really, really want to do and what I feel like I've been missing a limb, which is, I just feel like I've been walking out with a round without a vital organ is acting again. And then sadly it's taken me, like, you can't, I don't know, it's really hard to look at it. Like you can't regret not doing it. And I wish I'd had this confidence in who I am now 10 years ago when I stopped. Yeah. But that's life. And now I have all this confidence. I have all this life experience and I'm probably a much better actor for it. I was going to say there's, that's almost definite, I, I dare say. Because like, I, I often look at like, you know, you see these some of these great young comedians. Yeah. Um, to put it back into a, a field I can actually yeah. talk about. Because um, I don't know acting. I'm sorry. You do um, acting when you get up on stage. Yeah. It's a type. No, not well. Um, yes, you do. I'm typecast as me. Um, <laughs> but... Um, but you, I, I watch some of these young blokes and you just go, oh man, I wish, like you they're mm. so good, they're so sharp and you mm. just go, man, like by the time you're my age, you'll have 15 years experience and you're yeah. going to be so good. And a divorce and an alcohol problem. Well. I'm joking. Yeah. yeah, that's how I, but that's the thing. That's where I look and go, oh man, I should have started earlier. But then part of me just goes, no, I would have been horrible. I would have been way too insecure. Yeah. Um, people wouldn't have laughed and I wouldn't have, I would have been too terrified to ever go back to it. I think I, I think sometimes you, you get into things at the right time because you're ready for them. Yeah. And so, yeah, probably getting back into acting. Now, I saw you in an ad recently. Oh, yeah, which one? Um, is it one where you're in a lift? <laughs> yeah, SDIO Insurance. Yeah. There you go. Which, um, yeah, it's good to see you following your passion for insurance. <laughs> <laughs> and elephants. And elephants. And yeah. lifts. That's, um, how did you, like, how do you go about that? Oh, well, I have an agent now. Yep. So I got an agent, which was the first step is to get an agent because they are in contact with all the casting directors yep. and they get sent a brief. And then if you fit the brief, the very vague, random bullshit description of the perfect person that they want, no one does, you get sent along and then you would do a casting in front of a casting director, usually to a camera. It's really fucking awkward. You've got a mime being in a lift and looking at an elephant. It's so fucking awkward. And then, um, you know, you'll get a call back if they like you. There's usually between you and one other person or two other people and then they for an ad for example a lot of it comes down to the client making the client happy and keeping them happy and the uh, creative agency and then they'll make a decision on who they want oh wow and then and, they'll, so and it's all very very fast with ads like you know i'll be cut you could be casting it like on a tuesday and you're shooting by friday oh wow yeah that's um yeah it's an interesting process. I've only I think I've only ever auditioned for I don't know, one one actual ad. Yeah. And um 
I walked out having no idea what? if I'd done well, no, if you I'd don't. done poorly, if I'd done. And that's what that, I was lucky. I was warned. Um, yeah. Warned uh, by the guy that sent me along. Look, you're not going to know. Don't stress it. Just no. walk out and forget about it. That's if the thing it happens, with com- it happens. Yeah, and the commercials. A lot of it comes down to look, mm. the person that you're with, what you look like together. Well, I saw the ad afterwards, and uh, yeah, the guy they went with, nothing like me. No, nothing, no. nothing like you. Yeah, nothing. I know. You think, so. but this is the thing. This is the thing with the acting game. You know what I've learned recently from this amazing acting teacher who I've been seeing going to, is that you've just got to go in and do what you want to do. Yeah, and you've just got to go in and be the biggest and best version of you, and walk out and go, yeah, fucking own that as me. And if they want you, they want you. And if they don't, they don't. And there's nothing you can do about it. And it's great. That's great advice. And it's totally changed the game for me. And funnily enough, I've been getting a lot of callbacks and I'm getting cast in a lot of things with that attitude. I got. I had to do a fucking audition in a bikini a few weeks ago. Nice. Confronting. Yeah. So which ultra tune? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, St. George. St. George. Which, yeah, oh, mum bods, banking. That makes course. sense. Home loans. That makes sense. They're like, oh, let's, yes. let's well, we need bikinis. Otherwise, totally. who's going to open a bank account <laughs> if, they <don't, laughs> if they don't get to see chicks in bikinis? Totally. Yeah. Chubby chicks. Um, oh. Yeah. But I mean, you know, like I'm not a model. Anyway, I walk into the thing. They're all like tall, long brown hair. Gorgeous, and I was like, "That ain't me." Oh, mate, I was on a. Cam- I'm doing this campaign thing with yes. um with Camp Quality um that I'll talk about in further depth on podcast another time. But mm. um we had to go film this video, and yeah. I, I was basically there. But they had the 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 scene is basically this perfect f- the the family sitting down at Christmas dinner, right? And I'm <laughs> I'm not in this scene. Carving I'm, a chicken, I'm, yeah, carving a turkey, the whole yeah. thing. But the dad they got for this. Family, this average yeah. family is. Do you remember the Specsavers ad where the oh. lifesaver runs into the water? So he's like saves a major hot oh, model. Dude, he did not know what a dad bod was supposed to be. <laughs> like he's a great actor and yeah. a really lovely dude. Very but I just fit. walked in and just went, "That's not a fair." Dad? Like yeah. you don't realize how much better looking though. Like actors yeah. are than I real know, people. Thank you. No, but I think it's changing. I think that's why they're getting more people like me in ads. No, but mm. seriously. Like, I think that's changing a lot for that kind of stuff. I don't know about TV. Hopefully. I don't know. I'm yeah. just going to get skinnier. They just like people that, that, that you can light easily. All angles. And, yeah. Yeah. So that's why I've just got to lose like 10 kilos oh, immediately. stop it. I've got to. No, you don't. Can you, You're fine. Is, can Come I, on. We spent the first part of the... Um, legal speed. Is that legal? <laughs> <laughs> legal speed. <laughs> If I put legal in front of it, yeah. it's legal. Oh, don't worry. It's, it's fucking legal speed. The guy I get this off says, who's legal, eh? <laughs> It's so. even fucking legal speed. <laughs> yeah, well, your your house would never be cleaner either. Nah. Now, um, we actually have Better to wrap, wrap this up. up at this point because we're going to go do something very exciting and yes. be on real life radio. Live live radio. Uh, but, Sally Don, thank you very much for coming thank on. Thank you. Can you come back on another time? Because I look at the, the topics I was uh, had down in my notes and we got to maybe half <laughs> of them. Elephants. Yeah. Muffins. I need to go, what's an Asian or African elephant? <laughs> look, don't answer now. Let's tease Let's it for the next the episode. We're going to tease it for the next episode. <laughs> All right. right. Thanks, man. It was awesome. No worries. Thanks for coming in. Bye.